Okay, good morning. So we'll go ahead and we'll have our opening prayer. And we're just going to thank Jesus that we are here today uh, on this wonderful day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, for all that you're doing today, for all that you're going to do in this church service, Lord. Um, the healings, the deliverances, the help, and yes, the finance that you're going to bring in. We praise you and we thank you, Lord. You are so wonderful. We thank you, Lord, that we can take our situations and circumstances and are all to you, Lord. If there's anyone out there that has no one to take their all to, this can be your day. Oh, Lord, we pray, Jesus, that you would save souls out there, that you would save souls here. All we have to do is just open our heart and say, Lord, cleanse me, fill me, use me. And that's it. That's all we have to do. And then we walk hand in hand with you. And we find a church where we can be fed and nourished and taught. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for your plan and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Testing one, two, yeah. I guess the light's important, isn't it? Yeah, okay, sorry about that. Good morning, everybody. John Sandy, my wife Cynthia. This is the Paulson Gasaway, and we're glad to have you with us live in the class or even on delay. We're always glad to have you with us. We are on um, Paying It Forward, part eight today, and um, as I open up, I want to elaborate just a moment before getting into five examples of God's faithfulness, I want to share just a little bit and elaborate on a comment I made last week, and that was talking about exercising your faith muscles. <clears throat> also, last week we mentioned something about how many promises are in the Bible. And our friend Gary brought something wonderful to my attention last week that there were 8,810 promises in the Bible, and if you divide it by 365 days, you end up for one that's 24, gives you 24. <clears throat> so you have 24 promises in a day, which is one an hour, right? I thought that was awesome. Thank you, Gary. You brought, Gary brought that to my attention <clears throat> uh, when we were finished last Sunday, but I wanted to pass it on to you to know that God has got you covered. <clears throat> and he's going to make his promises known to all of us, isn't he? Amen. <clears throat> I mentioned last week about exercising our faith muscle. And I've been thinking about that, and I wanted to elaborate just a little bit on that. thought it might encourage all of us a little bit. Faith, <clears throat> faith basically has three vital parts that help hold us together, that, that we can use to review, and we know view, review is very important. And faith is exercised by working that muscle called faith and I want to share just real quickly three vital parts, <clears throat> three vital parts about faith and what makes faith what it is. 
okay? Because we often think of faith as, okay, I believe or I don't believe. We say, okay, that's faith. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to break it down a little bit. Number one, think of it. This might help you when you look at your faith and what do I do when I'm not believing enough or I have stopped believing in something. Number one, faith has a thankful heart. For God has for what God has already done. So faith is something that we should ever be thankful for what He's already done. It's one thing to look back on something that's happened and say, Yeah, I believe God did that. Well, you already had the evidence. You really didn't need much faith to believe that. So we're talking about something different. We're not talking about believing that God did something in the past. We're talking about being faithful to thank Him for what He has already done. Because faith is an ever-present word. Faith is something you do right now. (coughs) And we'll get into a scripture concerning God is the God of the yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to get into that a little bit. But first of all, faith is something you're thankful for. If you've been thankful to God, for what he's done for you or someone in your family in the past, just in review, saying, Lord, I just want to take a moment to thank you again for what you've already done. I want to thank you for that. See, gratitude is linked to humility, and humility is linked to God's promises and releasing them. So we want to be thankful for what God has already done. By his stripes, you were healed. We don't ask God to do something he's already done. He covered it all on the cross and through his stripes. Number two, faith speaks blessing over that which we believe God is doing and has done. For example, have you ever just, God said, bless the Lord, all my soul, right? So we are called to bless him. Well, bless each other. Do you bless each other? It's not just you are blessing people because you love them. You speak blessings over people so that they can receive, by faith, the promises of God. And I find this really, really important. Another example. I've learned to speak blessings over those things that I believe, that I'm believing for. Whether it be um, something you need financially, materially, physically in your healing, emotional, uh, a deeper walk. We are to speak blessings over those things we're claiming. And I find this to be very, very important. And I do this. Instead of just saying, Lord, I claim something, I'm believing for something, I have a hope, not just hoping like the world does. We have a hope. The world hopes. When they pray, when the world prays, and a lot of the church does this too, when the world prays, they pray, hoping God will hear us, hoping God will answer. Hoping God will heal. That's, that's, that's the level where most of us are at. But a Christian with faith <clears throat> has a hope. <clears throat> now, as we pray believing, we pray expecting because we have a hope. So when you pray over something, so Lord, I just speak blessings right now over this situation. I speak your blessings over it. Lord, 
I speak blessings over this situation this person is going through, or what we're going through, the family situations, conflict, whatever it might be. I speak blessings. I bless it. <clears throat> now, how can I further explain that? Let me give you an example. <clears throat> it's a small example, but it's true. Oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thank you. <clears throat> I speak blessings over things. I planted a bush, and it died. So I planted another bush. It started to die. So I bless it. I put my hands on that little bush, and I say, I bless you. And don't leave the room, folks. I haven't lost my mind. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I speak growth and health and width and height and fullness. I speak that over you. This bush is living. I go out every once when I talk to it. I, I look at it, and I, I touch it, I speak blessings. Now, what I'm trying to get across here is that God wants you to be blessed. But we have to receive that blessing. We have to claim that blessing. Do you have a situation that is not going well? Bless it. Speak a blessing over it. I do this all the time. So now, I don't just stand on God's promises of healing. I take the next step as part of my faith muscle, and I exercise my faith through speaking a blessing. Did you know you can bless or curse things? The Word of God tells you that. You have a choice with your mouth to either bless or curse. What do you want to do? I choose to speak blessing. Now, it could be, folks, it could be a lot of things. Whatever is in God's promises, whatever it is you are allowed to claim, replace the word claim sometimes with the word bless. <clears throat> if I have a, a, a problem in my body, I bless it. If my wrist is hurting, I, I pray a blessing. I bless that wrist. See, what you're doing is, you're releasing God's promise. You're releasing God's favor in that situation. So I encourage you not only to be thankful for what God's already done, because that's faith, isn't it? If you're thanking Him for something that you, you can't see yet, but He's promising you're thanking Him, is that not exercising your faith? Of course it is. Then you take the next step, and I speak a blessing. I bless it. <clears throat> I bless our home. That's a common expression. We shouldn't be thrown by that. I bless our animal, our dog. I bless my family. I bless my food. Do you, do you pray blessed? Of course. That's another given. So why is this any different? It's not. <clears throat> Speak blessings. You are exercising your faith in a different area. Faith has a law. Faith operates by law. Every time God creates something, He gives it a law. Gravity has a law, as we've talked about. So when you talk over something, exercise your faith by being thankful, by faith that it's already taken care of. Speak a blessing over whatever it is. Speak God's blessing. Say, I bless you. I bless that in the name of Jesus. Great strength in that. It's a wonderful way to do it. Number three, taking authority. 
Now, we all know about that. We've all read about that. To take authority over something. We know <clears throat> to rebuke the devil, to command him to leave. You have that authority. It is in you as a believer. You have the full authority of Christ in you. You have the mind of Christ if you choose to operate in it. So we speak, we speak our thanksgiving, blessing. Now, see, my faith is growing as I talk about it because I'm now exercising that muscle. And, folks, there's not a much better way to exercise it than to voice it. When you pray, you need to find some time in your day where you can pray and hear your voice. And we're going to get into that, about how doctors have discovered there's a part of the brain, a lobe, that they call voice activated. Isn't that fascinating? In other words, when you speak something, you can talk yourself in or out of something. And that's what we're doing here. We are talking to the situation. Folks, you have authority. God gave us full authority over everything that crawls and moves on this world. But God's given us authority. What do you do with it? Do you speak blessings over it? Do you curse it? What do you do? Your voice, your mind, there's a part of your mind that responds to your voice. If you can't, like I, like I mentioned in a story, there was a gentleman that was dying, and they prayed for him, and he still died, and they wondered what happened. Later on, they found out by talking to the mother and the wife that that man had spoken all his life that he was going to die on the day his dad died, and he was, uh, was going to die at the age his dad died, and of what his di dad died of, he was going to die of. He spoke that and spoke that. Now, was that God's will? Absolutely not. But do you know you can have a bad faith? If you speak something long enough, you can talk yourself into believing it, and then your faith kicks in, and you receive the curse. I don't know if you thought about faith like that. You can have faith in the wrong thing. Did you know that? You can have faith in yourself that's not healthy. Well, I'm just an evil person. I'll never make it. I'll never become anything. If you say that enough, your faith will kick in, and you'll start to believe what you're saying, and that will come about. And many times. Now let's turn that around. Turn it into a good faith, godly faith. We're going to exercise that muscle now for good. If you don't exercise a, mu a muscle, it deteriorates. It breaks down. It um, <clears throat> becomes non-functioning and cannot handle the job. But if we exercise our faith, now the third one in taking authority, we know what that means to rebuke the devil, to take authority. I rebuke that disease. I rebuke poverty. That's what you have to do. You've got to take authority because you don't go begging God for doing, to ask him to do something he's already paid for. He's not going to do it. You are called to speak the mountains. You take authority over that mountain. Now, once you take authority, here's, this is also important. It's not unusual for a symptom to come back that you've been healed of. I learned as a young, young man from a godly woman this lesson. She taught me this as a young boy. And she gave an example of how she had a problem with her stomach. And God healed her, and she shared that with me. And then she told me this. She said the symptoms tried to come back on her, and she rebuked them. you got to continue to take authority. Authority is not a one-time shot. Authority is not something you do one time, and then you go on. No, the devil wants to discourage you. Did you know that? Does you, do you know the devil wants you to look carnally at your situation? In other words, your five senses. Do you know he wants to review 
things with you? Do you know that he wants to remind you of your past? That is his job. So you're going to have to continue to take authority and hold that ground. When you take ground from the devil, you do not give it back because you're called to take more territory, and it has to be done based upon the territory you've already claimed because that's how faith grows. It gets stronger and stronger, and before you know it, you've pushed out the fat, <laughs> the unbelief that wants to crowd around your heart. Because fat can kill you. The devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And when he's done with you, he throws you away. So again, when you think about faith, think about those three categories. You want to be thankful for what he's already done. You're exercising your faith. Number two, you speak a blessing over that. You are now beginning to own that which you're believing for. So you say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Folks, get used to doing that. Make it a part of your daily life. Then thirdly, be prepared to take authority and do it and mean it. And say it and don't back off. And when that symptom wants to get on you, the first thing you do, it wants to challenge. devil's always trying to challenge your faith. He's always trying to find a way to challenge your faith because he knows if he can break that down, that muscle, and cause you to go atrophy, apathy, atrophy. No, I'm not going to do it again. No, no, I'm sorry. I made a fool of myself. I'm not going to do it again. See, she wants me to keep saying it, so I look bad. <coughs> well, you know what I mean. Okay, so God is trying to build that muscle. The devil's trying to break it down and destroy it so you have no power to resist him. You've yielded to the flesh and you've given up. That's the devil, what he wants to do. But you'll have to take authority and stand on that authority. <clears throat> when God gave us the authority through salvation, he created a law. This law gave power to our words. Did you hear that? When God put God, his spirit in you, when he saved you and made room for that, he creates a law. <clears throat> now, this is real important. God, as I mentioned, God creates a law for everything he creates. He creates it, then he gives it a law. Like we mentioned gravity. God created gravity. Gravity has been here ever since he created the world. There's nothing that we will look for in this world that he didn't take care of in the beginning. So whenever you... Uh, work that muscle and get your faith going. Remember that once he saved you, he gave that salvation a law, just like everything else. Everything has a law. John will tell you as a pilot, there are basic things that you need to lift the plane off the ground, and one of them is thrust, and one of them is lift. So once you know the laws, they could have had electricity during Jesus' time. They could have flown a plane back when Leonardo da Vinci was alive. Leonardo da Vinci was considered the universal man. Excuse me. He was considered the universal man. He invented a helicopter in his time. They have since taken that design and built a helicopter, and it works. All these things that you and I experienced as we learn more and more technology like AI and all these things, we are, these things were already there. 
all the opportunities to do radio waves, sound waves, everything. It's always been there. <clears throat> we just became knowledgeable about it. <clears throat> and you can't do it unless you know the laws. You can't create electricity. You can't create a phone unless you understand the laws that go with it. So when God creates something, he gives it a law, and he did with salvation. When he created you to be saved, he gave salvation a law. And what is that law? You must believe. You must what's believe? Faith. See how vital it is. So, <clears throat> paying it forward, you could say praying it forward. These, the faith has laws, and if we operate in it, we can move mountains. In fact, nothing will be impossible <clears throat> to those that believe. So we're talking about paying it forward, part eight. I'm going to go over with my wife. She's going to read to us. Do I leave my phone right there, honey? I'll find it for you. And I'm going to have her to read some scriptures on five basic ways that we can, that we can have uh, belief for something. What prom we mentioned 8,810 promises, one for every hour of the day. That's pretty good, isn't it? <clears throat> so I'm going to go over quickly five basic promises of God that have little fingers that go out from me into many different areas, but these are some basic skeletal things of promises, God's promises, okay? Number one, the promise of salvation. <clears throat> the promise of salvation. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 from the New King James Version. Honey, if you will read that. Okay. <clears throat> it says that, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <clears throat> He said even a right way praying fool could understand. That was pretty simple, was it? Did you hear the first words? If you what? If you confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth. Folks, you got to get involved in this salvation walk. You can't just go to church and go home and do your same old, same old and watch as the stomach turns on TV and gossip with your friends, have a problem with this person where you don't forgive them because they've offended you. You can't do that and come back the next Sunday and have anything that I need. Anything. <clears throat> we are to grow as individuals. You and I have the responsibility to walk with God by ourselves. <clears throat> you and I are going to stand before God all by ourselves. It won't matter how Aunt Aunt treated you. It doesn't matter if you grew up in poverty and never had much. None of that's going to matter. <clears throat> Other than what are you going to do with what God gave you? Salvation. You're going to walk in it. So we need, the first promise is obviously the promise of salvation. Okay, number two, the promise of freedom from sin's grip. <clears throat> the promise of freedom from sin's, sin's grip. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 from the New King James Version. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Amen. There you go. <clears throat> I hate to break it to all of us, but there's nothing you're going to be excused of by saying, 
Lord, it was just too hard. I couldn't break that habit. <clears throat> I, I couldn't. It was just too hard. I couldn't. No. He said, I'll make a way of escape. I don't care what you're going through. Whatever your addiction is, whatever your struggle is, Jesus already told us that there is a way to escape. Speak amen. We're not going to be able to excuse anything, folks. <clears throat> we are a nation of the offended. That's what we are. We become a nation that is offended with everything. <clears throat> well, why don't we get sick of sin instead? Why don't we realize that we can change ourselves? You can. We're not going to be able to make any excuses, folks, for it. He has made a way of escape for all of us. That's his promise. Number three, the promise of his provision. The promise of his provision, Matthew 6, verse 25 and 26. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. <clears throat> so, if he's going to take care of the flowers and the birds, he's going to take care of you and me. So he's going to provide whatever you need. Uh, we know in Malachi 3.10 also it tells us if you bring your tithe into the storehouse, I'll pour out a blessing you can't contain. In fact, I encourage you to test me on this. This is God. God speaking. <clears throat> so he's going, to, he's going to provide whatever you need. Matthew 6.25-26. Number four. The promise of freedom from fear. One of my favorite scriptures in Psalm 34, 4, also found in Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, <clears throat> be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fear. The word all, every single one, the promise of freedom from fear. Folks, fear is gripping. This is a big scripture. This is a big deal that God wants to deliver us from fear. Number five, <clears throat> a place prepared for us. A place prepared for us, John 14, 3 from the New Kings Version. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, <clears throat> there you may be also. Isn't it wonderful to know that we're going to be where he's at? He's not going to sing us on a cloud with a harp or a little baby with a diaper on for eternity. He's got a place where he's going to be, and we're going to be with him. His next words in verse 4 says, talks of our having the, the mind of Christ and seeing in our spirit that which he has already paid forward to us. And where I go, it says, I go, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Have, that's having on the mind of Christ, as I just mentioned. In order for us to pay it forward as Christians, we must apply our lives as living sacrifices unto the will of God. And how do we do that? By denying ourselves, taking up our cross. I mentioned a week or so ago that the way to the cross gives us balance. And the way you carry the load of the cross is 
to keep your balance as you lean into that weight. We need to lean into Jesus, not to find some way to barely make it, not to say, if I just do this, if I, if I, can, I, can I get to heaven if I do this and this? See, no, you and I are to lean into the cross or lean into self-denial. Take up your cross. What does that mean? Deny yourself. In fact, it says that. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus is your example. Not a scientist, not a theologian. Now, hear what I'm going to say here. Not someone in the world that you respect and honor. They are not your Jesus to follow. Because if you're not careful, if they miss it, you follow them right into the ditch. The blind leading the blind. So we need to understand that men have knowledge and they have something to offer. But they are not, hear this, they are not the final word. Jesus is the final word. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what is happening or coming at you. Jesus is the final word. And that is where we go, Carlos. That is where we go, Kathy. That is where we go to find our answer. As I may have mentioned before, I had a young man talk to me one day. He says, I've done a lot of study and a lot of research. Young man in his 20s. I've done a lot of study and a lot of research. And I don't think that Jesus had to die for us to get to heaven. Well, how interesting that you at 20-some years old have figured God out. That you decided where he belongs and where he doesn't. It's amazing to me how deceived we can be because we listen, listen to this. We listen to someone that's highly respected in their field, but if it doesn't line with God, I cannot respect that. I cannot go with that. I must kindly say I cannot do that. My God, the Word, now the Bible says that it's the inspired Word of God. Translated, it means God breathed. The very Word of God is He breathed it into us. He spoke through men and women. He spoke through people. He did not want us to add or take away. How, what does that mean? If someone disagrees with the Word of God and finds some other reason, way to explain it, that is adding and taking away. <clears throat> now, you may remember when the devil met Jesus in the desert and he tested him with Scripture. It was Scripture. The devil tested God, Jesus, on many issues, and Jesus responded with Scripture likewise. What was the difference in the Scripture? Two places, Satan took Scripture and either added to it or took away from it when he spoke to Jesus. In two places. <clears throat> he either added or took away from Scripture to make his point. Jesus went to the Word, the pure Word, and spoke it back to Satan to let him know. So, folks, be careful that you are not deceived by the, and be impressed with the intellect of man because there's a lot of intellectual people that are very smart. But you can be smart and believe stupid. It's very possible. There are a lot of smart people that are believing stupid. Or you could say deceived or use other terms. But people <clears throat> that are very smart will tell you, oh, this is the answer right here. Well, let me go to the Word, like Jesus did. Well, the Word tells me different. 
Well, I know, but back then, and they'll begin to break down the Scripture and say, well, that was written many years ago, and as we progress through time, we need to change with the times. See, that sounds so sophisticated. Oh, we gotta, we got to learn to adjust our Scripture based upon the way things change. Folks, let me tell you something. There's not one sin today that is new. There's not one sin today that is new. Even Paul dealt with incest in the church. There's no new sin out there, folks. We may give it different names, different acronyms and labels, but there are no new sins. So, in order to pay it for Christ is required from us to be a living sacrifice. We use that expression a lot, living sacrifice. <clears throat> what does that mean? <laughs> Do it while you're still here. Make the sacrifice now, and don't make the bad sacrifice when you leave this world. We are all going to be sacrifices, for good or bad. I'd rather be a living <clears throat> sacrifice that I might influence the world, that I might encourage and help people, and do His will. The act of giving with no strings attached. I'm going to talk about some favors you and I have. The act of giving with no strings attached. What does that mean? <clears throat> Where our joy is made full in giving alone. Now, I know it's a lot easier to give than to receive. I know that. But we are called to do both. It's hard to receive, isn't it? It's much easier to give. It's really humbling. There's the key word. It's really humbling to receive. But in the act of our heart and our nature as Christians, we should be ready at all times to be ready to give. Now, what is the difference between the two givings? Like it's easier to give than to receive, better to give is because the giving I'm talking about is a sacrificial giving. You will give, well, you, will, you will truly give when it hurts, when it requires your faith to stand on the Word, and you do it anyway. Now, if you're a millionaire and you give someone $1,000, that's nice. But the Pharisees did that. But the woman with the might, the widow's might, she gave all she had. Therefore, she gave more. See, the Bible talks about how we will receive in like kind as we give. You, do you know that in Scripture? He says, we receive in like kind as we give. There's four types of giving, and one of them says, we shall receive in like kind as we give. I believe it's not talking about what you give, you get back. It's what you, you ready? What you sacrifice will be sacrificially given to you. So when you give sacrificially, the Bible says that the woman, Brenda says the woman with the widow's might, she gave more. Well, how do you explain that? How could you say she gave more when she gave two pennies? She gave it all. Therefore, she gave more, and when you give more, you get more. When you give more, you get more. I like to elaborate on that a little bit more. I've run out of time to do that. But when you give truly give, God's going to call, ask you to trust Him and give sacrificially because that's where He can bless you. Do you get what I'm saying? That's where He can bless you. 
So I started on the beginnings, but I'm going to go over some other points next week on what the benefits are in our sacrificial giving. What God, again, has paid forward so you and I can receive. He said in this lifetime, not just in heaven, but also in this lifetime, he said, you shall receive, and he gives a list of things. God wants to bless you here so that you can bless others. You have to have more than you need to give one cut away, as we mentioned, right? So you want to give, learn to give. Pray about it. Go back again. Remember exercising your faith. Break it down to three categories, just real quickly. You want to give, thankfully, because you're believing he's already done it. See, when you ask God to do something, there's a possibility you could get a no in your own mind. But we need to pray, believing he's already done it, and claiming it. So being thankful, and then blessing it. Try this for me. Just try it. Start speaking a blessing. I bless this in the name of Jesus. If you bless your food, you bless this and that, why can't you bless other things? Bless your, bless your home. Bless this. Bless that. And then take authority. Keep authority over it. Don't do it one time. Keep that authority over it from now on. Maintain your authority. When you take territory, don't lose it because you need that to take the next property. Okay? Just want to thank you for the privilege. I want to thank you for the opportunities to, to speak a little bit about how wonderful you are and how much you provided for us. And you're waiting for us simply to receive it. You're waiting for us to have faith to believe and to receive it. And we want to bless you, Father, right now. We want to bless you with our praise and worship and thanksgiving. And we want to exercise our faith to reach out and claim everything you've given us and all that people need we have the answer for through our faith in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please hit uh, like and share for me on your, your phones. Please share this with others for me and help us to get the word out. We, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week on part nine, and I'll go over some more benefits of being faithful to God. Thank you.